0: A common question I've gotten this week has been about treating stiff hands, and I believe that when I get these types of questions, the therapists, they just are really frustrated that they're doing X, Y, Z, and they are throwing all this stuff at it. They're like, I'm stretching, I'm picking these exercises, I'm trying this splint, that splint, and nothing seems to be working. And one of my principles, I have several principles when it comes to treating. Let me see. I think I have so far like 12 treatment principles. I'm going to share one of them with you today. And it's about how doing less is actually more. So we're going to dive into how less is more when you're treating a stiff hand. If you're an occupational therapist, physical therapist, and working to develop your skills in hand therapy, my name is Wong. I'm an occupational therapist and certified hand therapist, and I mentor OTs and PTs so they can become a certified hand therapist. So here's the thing with working with stiff hands. I think that when we think about when therapists think about everything they're doing, they often tell me that like immediately they talk about splints, and I get it. Everyone loves making them. Everyone wants splints to be a cure-all for everything, but splints are not. (laughs) Splints have a function, and I think one of the functions that it can provide for you, there's a couple functions that can provide for you when you're working with stiff hands, is you can look at splints or orthosis as to help you with a stiff hand or stiff finger in terms of a static progressive dynamic capacity. So do you want to create splints that pull and push on the splints in a certain way in order to gain more motion? The other way that you can use splints is to make it static by blocking something to allow for another joint to move. You can block a joint to allow another joint to move. So splinting is one Aspects of a whole treatment plan when you are working with a stiff hand. Now, when I say a stiff hand, I'm talking about MPs, PIPs, DIPs, thumbs, like one or all of those are stiff. Now, we can talk about one joint in particular as well, one finger in particular as well. And that's going to change essentially the kind of orthosis or splint that you would recommend or make multiple finger ones are different than one finger one joint one finger two joints type of issue but i wanted to bring splinting up first just because majority of the time people do jump right to it and they think about what kind of splints work and can it do can it flex me can it extend me and splints can't fix everything so when it comes to splinting you want to pick and choose what you want the job of the splint to do so that it offloads what your patient has to do and then it allows you the capacity to work on other things. Does that make sense? So if I'm looking at, let's say, I'm gonna give you an example of a PIP stiffness because PIPs are often time the most commonly stiff joint in the hand. So that's your middle knuckle, your PIP. That one can get stuck in the middle, which is what they would call a flexion contracture. just means it's stuck in 30, 40, 50 degrees, so it cannot fully extend and get to zero, but it also cannot flex. So you have to make a decision which direction you wanna work into in order for the splint and the patient to do their work, and then you can do your work as the therapist right? So that's really key in terms of making a decision on the type of splint. And the reason why I say less is more when you're treating a stiff hand is because you have to think about that splint doing one particular thing for you so you can do something else. You can't expect the splint to do everything for you. And so that's why I want to encourage you to think about how less is more right so splinting is one aspect of a whole plan of care now let's go backwards a little bit and think about what do we do what do we do when we see a patient we evaluate them and we determine where they're stuck where their problems are and then where they want to go right most people are like i don't have any emotion i want all my emotion i don't have any strength i want all my strength i can't functionally do this but I want to be able to do it. For example, women who have hand issues, I can't open a jar. I can't grab my fingers around the the doorknob to pull and push. I can't, I don't have the strength or the motion in my fingers to clasp my bra, things like that. I wanna be able to brush my teeth and I wanna be able to brush my teeth with my dominant hand that's injured, right? We think back to the evaluation and then we think about what kind of treatments that can we provide. There's manual therapy skills, right? And I think that's one of the most important techniques or skills that you want to bring into your plan of care when you're working with a stiff hand. I don't think that you can, I don't think that you can effectively treat a stiff hand without the know-how of manual therapy skills. You have your manual therapy skills, and then you have to have, you have to have the ability to pick the exercises or the activities, right? So that's what I call exercise prescription. So you, once you provide certain manual therapy skills, you have to now then pick the appropriate exercises or activities that you want that patient to be able to do in order to start working towards that goal of getting all their motion, getting all their strength and being able to functionally move their hand. From your exercise prescription, that you do in the clinic now, you have to provide that in terms of a what we're so commonly known for, which is home exercise programs. So let's dive into those three things a little bit and talk about how doing less is actually more when you're treating this type of stiff hand. So if we're talking about a PIP contracture, I'm going to just give you a clear. I'm going to just give you a, a simple example working with a PIP fracture who is really stiff at the PIP. Now they can't flex, they can't extend, and now it's interfering with how the little knuckle, the DIP is moving. So when you're applying manual therapy techniques and manual therapy skills, I think one thing to think about to do less instead of doing more is to work in a certain direction. And majority of the time, You're going to want to work in extension because and one of the reasons why I say you want to work in extension is because if you take a look at the anatomy of your hand, if you go and you stretch that person into extension, then what happens on the flexor side? You're stretching all those structures, right? So if you stretch all those structures and then when you go into flexion, wouldn't they be able to move better now? So when you're applying the manual therapy skills, Think about slowing down your movements as the therapist providing the manual skills. It's one of the most common things that I coach on, that I mentor on when I'm working with my therapist, when I'm teaching a class. How do you slow down what you're doing as a therapist? if you are desperate to get movement and your patients desperate to get movement then you're both desperate (laughs) and the desperation just starts to elevate elevate and then everyone gets really frustrated but if you understand fundamentally that pips by its nature is stiff that's what gives it such stability that the ligaments are taut, right, quote, quote, unquote, tight in extension and inflection, those joints are naturally very strong, very sturdy. And when they get injured, they're easily fall into a tight pattern. So if you understand that fundamentally, as a therapist, then it's something I think that you can continuously go back to and remind yourself, that's normal in this joint. And then you have the opportunity to educate your patient to say, hey, I know you're frustrated. I know that this seems like it's taking a really long time, but this is the nature of this joint. And the nature of your injury, XYZ, you got to fill in the blanks, means that this, your joint is stiff, and it's going to take some time. How much time How much time are you going to allot and devote to this rehab process, right? Because it takes two of us to tangle. I can't be the only one working on it, right? But you as a therapist can do less when treating. So when you stretch somebody, you go for longer periods of time. You go for the low, slow, sustained movements versus just cranking them out. You work towards... Directionality that provides them less pain so that they are not so guarded. Majority of the time, PIPs are extremely painful no matter how slow you go. So you can't go that slow, but then it's re- you're required then to explain the process so that your patient better understands. When they better understand, then they'll know what they're supposed to do in their home program. Go slower right? Go slower in your manual therapy skills. When it comes to picking an exercise or an activity when you're working with a stiff hand, stiff hands by their nature are very difficult and frustrating. So in the clinic, I will focus on one or two things that are just I know will get me results, right? But now you have to do them effectively. (laughs) If you're doing them, and you're not doing it effectively, then you're not going to get the results that you want. So for example, I'm going to give you an example of blocking. Blocking majority of the time can be really challenging to do with a stiff hand, right? Ideally, you want to keep the MPs at zero, and you want to get the PIPs, the PIP in as much extension as possible. Let's say you can only get it to 20, right? You have to block the MP and the PIP from flexing and only allow the DIP to move. Now, even if that means that they pull a little bit less, but they're more targeted to the DIP, you're better off. The DIP also moves via the profundus, right? The profundus muscle divides, the muscle divides into four tendons and goes to each of the DIPs of the small finger. And that muscle Holds that muscle moves essentially together. So if you hold one finger, the other one moves a little bit as well. So it's relevant to work on adjacent fingers, even if the adjacent fingers they're like, oh, those fingers are fine. You can still block, you can still hold. So let's say, for example, I move the I'm working on the ring finger. So I block the ring finger and I get them to move. Now I can block the ring finger and block the, I'm sorry, I can block the long finger and move the long finger. And then I can still block the long finger if I'm working on the ring finger and the long finger will secondarily work. If you're going to do blocking exercises, you can do them... Pay attention to doing them more effectively, communicating with your patients in terms of how they're supposed to move it or how they're supposed to pull through or how their hand placement is supposed to be. If you're trying to get them to do it on their own, you can be very intentional about how you're teaching it. So it's not that they have to do three sets of 10 sloppy, but let's say they do two sets of 10 more intentionally. So that if they're more effective with their exercises, they're going to see gains faster. So that's just another example. So less is more. We talked about manual. We talked about picking an exercise. Now, I know therapists tend to think, oh, my God, I have to write a ton of stuff when I'm documenting to, quote unquote, prove that I've done something. But it's okay if you only do two to three Exercises or movements or activities, but you're more deliberate about them. It could take that long to actually do your exercises well versus being sloppy and doing 10 of them. Maybe you can pick only two or three and do them really well. All right. And when it comes to fingers and it comes to stiff hands, I really. This is also a principle of mine. The less is more principle when I go to giving home exercise programs for my patients. Nobody wants homework. Who wants more stuff that they have to do, right? Most of the time, they don't. And so I want to encourage you to think about if I'm going to give my patients a home program, I want to make sure that they're successful with it. So ask yourself, how can my patient be more successful with their home program? They're not successful if you give them a whole book of crap and they don't know what order to do it, how to do it well, and then how to check themselves if they're doing it right. I remember going to therapy myself and this so many of my principles come from the fact that I require therapy at some point in my life early on. I had surgery and I didn't like the fact that the therapist gave me a book full of exercises and told me to do it on my own. And listen, when I started out as a therapist, I did what every therapist did, which is to give inundate my patients with home exercise programs. And majority of the time they can't be successful with it. That's why they're coming to you. That's why they're coming to you so that you can hold them be account so that you can hold them accountable so that you can help them focus on the key movements that are going to help, the key exercises that will help, because not all of them help. Some of them are just plain crap. So I'm going to, out of all my stuff, I might teach them one manual thing. I want them to be able to stretch. Now, your patients will copy what you do. So if you're too fast in your stretches, they will do too fast. If you're really hard on your exor- your stretches, they will be too hard on themselves. And then they cannot do it later. If you give them wrong exercises and you're not intentional on how you're doing your exercises, they too will not pay attention. Now, some people just don't pay attention. Some people are just not really good at follow through. And that's okay. That's why they're coming to you as the specialist, as the expert right? And it's okay if you have to say things over and over. That's our job. Don't get frustrated. (laughs) Don't get frustrated because that's part of your job. We are supposed to repeat ourselves over and over and over, right? So don't get frustrated. You want to get great results on that stiff hand, on that stiff finger, you're going to have to repeat yourself (laughs) and you're going to have to be okay with that, right? that is some taking one treatment principle one treatment principle of mine right how less is more and i am helping you apply it to how to treat a stiff hand or a stiff finger with the principle of less is more but you can take this principle and you can apply it to any other injury that you have right so i hope this helps you kind of give you a little insight into How you can make your treatments more effective as a hand therapist, as an occupational therapist, a physical therapist, working with an example of a stiff hand. My name is Huang Tron. I'm an occupational therapist and certified hand therapist, and I have several various mentorship programs to help you advance your career. And you can comment below if you found that this video has helped you, this podcast has helped you. Let me know if you want to hear and see more things like this. And if you need my help, the links are below in the description and want to know what else. Let me know if this, no. If videos like this, no. Thanks for tuning in and I will see you next time.